Red on Red. This week on the podcast, we're talking with Kian and Jake from black metal outfit God Alone.
Worn Out with recent single With False Hope and Baylor with Tuesday Blues taken from their self-titled EP released earlier this year. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie as well as iTunes, Google Podcasts and other audio on-demand platforms. My name is Mike McGrath-Brien and for the next hour or so we're chatting with two of the lads from one of the most promising bands in Cork City at the minute Kim Milan and Jake O'Driscoll from black metal indie techno influence the <laughs> dance the math rock uh, multiple headed beast God Alone lads how's it going? Oh, yeah it's a farm it's good yeah oh, yeah. you're busy lads to say the very very least for some of which some of the reasons for which we'll go into a little bit later on but right now you're looking at a very very full slate of gigs coming up throughout the summer Kind of take us through a little bit of your itinerary um, heading into a big appearance later on in the year. Um, we're doing a kind of rake of stuff now uh, around Ireland for the summer, which is nice because we've never really played outside of Cork properly. And um, we'll be doing three dates with Zora in Galway, Limerick, and then we're playing Townlands in Cork, which would be savage. And um, then I think then we're taking a bit of a break for a while, and then there's Monolith Festival in August. And then we're heading over to um, Brighton then to play Mammoth Fest in October. And then we're playing Siege then to round it off. So that's nice. As has been custom on the podcast, you know, normally we've kind of wound it back a little bit to the roots of an artist's um, musical upbringings and their start as a musician, etc. And it's so far on the podcast, it's mostly been kind of, you know, lads in their late 20s, early 30s that have had maybe 10 or so years of full-time gigging experience just nattering on about how Cork was really better when the quad was around by that same token um, there's been so many developments in the Cork scene over the last couple of years not the least of which has been a new generation of musicians emerging from our studios our youth projects our music schools and so forth and we're only talking about this like before just before we went on the air year among the first generation of musicians to grow up with the internet and thus with a wider kind of music viewpoint as the default compared to say the teenage tribalism of maybe even 10 years ago he'd have punks, gats, hippies, etc. I know that's very, very broad strokes but by that same token it's kind of kind of the demarcation lines along which kind of youth culture was drawn pre-internet. Um, maybe take us through a little bit about your musical upbringing. Did you have music in the house? How did you happen across weird tunes, etc.? I, I already got into like kind of the experimentally stuff like a, a about two years ago or something but um and that was all because of the internet but when I was younger like my my mom would have been mad into ABBA and stuff so I got a very very good appreciation for disco music and uh, my dad was really into the Smiths and like Joy Division and stuff so I was into that kind of stuff then the old adage goes that your parents are your first DJ yeah. What was the um, kind of exposure like? Was it just kind of at home on the weekends, on in the background constantly? Was it just on in the car as a kind of a special thing? Like dad turned us turned us off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was on the car like yeah. a lot, and uh, then it got to a point where like it wouldn't be on the car. I'd be asking for different tunes to be put on. Yeah, um, like you know when it when it would be a break of of indie from the eighties being played. Like, yeah, can I have more, please. Thank you. <laughs> And then, from that, obviously, ye come of age into a post-CD, post-MP3 environment where streaming services are the new norm. Kind of, what was your first kind of interaction with music discovery where, you know, the romanticized ideal is going crate digging in record shops? Kind of, what were your experiences with 
kind of going looking for, for good music once you kind of know where to go once you knew that was what you wanted yeah I suppose YouTube and Spotify are the best crack like um, so Discover Weekly on Spotify is handy for finding like bass and bands and um, no it's just a lot easier because like I remember before like I, I didn't know like I had the idea of like I wanted to listen to what doom metal is but I didn't know what doom metal was like so I just looked up like fuzzy riffs and there you go like uh, oh it's nice like to like I don't have to dig through shelves or anything. Like I still love doing that. It's fun. Like, but uh, you do. I was about to say you're a regular at some of the record shops. Around, yeah, I guess. like, but uh, yeah, no, it's kind of a uh, best boat worlds. Like, you can find exactly what you want, or you can like go troving for like rare finds or whatever. You're very much a product of some of the music programs that happen around the city. In that, you're a product of the all ages scene that stemmed from the ground floor studio on Marlborough Street, part of the YMCA, but. Before you happened into God Alone in that regard, you also played yourselves in a lot of kind of separate bands. Jake, maybe take us through some of your kind of musical discovery and how, you know, you happened across the idea of a music community and getting behind an instrument and jamming, etc. I got, I got into playing guitar from listening to Green Day. That that was my, my inspiration. To that. And then I wanted, and I, I knew Keane for ages, because um, we used to do Taekwondo when we were younger. And we, we both joined the School of Music then, the Academy of Popular Music side. Yeah. So that's how we were... We met each other and we were playing playing on that. Um Kean was like making crochet and stuff and I, I was in a prog band then called Sagosha for a while and moving in like because once you know like a few people in in places they know way more people, even even if they are young and then I was in like a classic rock kind of band as mm. well. So you just kinda keep moving and me and Keen were always friends, so Jake, you make mention there of Crow Jane. Kean, uh, obviously you were a big part of Blues Rockers Crow Jane for a long time. Uh, obviously not quite fitting with what you're doing now or in the future, but by that same token, there's nothing like the blues to put down the absolute fundamentals of not just, you know, soundcraft and, you know, technique, but also of performance that you're playing to. Not so much a crowd that is a core music audience, but rather, rather an audience that is knowledgeable about what it wants, but also places value on showmanship and entertainment what was it like playing in a blues band and just going <laughs> just doing the rounds of venues etc like I suppose like Crojan was the first band that they ever like played a gig with or anything and um, like I, I don't think the kind of stuff I did with Crojan is like all that different from what I do with God alone to be honest because like um, I just kind of bait my instrument really like whether it's a guitar <laughs> or bass like, I just kind of batter into it but um, yeah, it's it's nice because like you notice there you're playing gigs in like pubs, and like obviously like people mightn't be there just to see you probably just going out for a pint like. Yeah. Whereas like it's nice now to play gigs where like the lads there are just to see you, you know, and just to kind of stand there and watch you cry and be a bit sad and bait your bass like. Uh. Speaking of crying and being a bit sad, God alone comes along maybe about two three years ago now at this stage. How did the idea? for a nori sad boy genre fusion <laughs> metal band come together um, through that classic rock band I mentioned called The Breeze uh, the drummer was Jack O'Hanlon of you know the drummer in God Alone as well and from playing Led Zeppelin constantly for weeks which is great we wanted to kind of do more experimentally stuff because we were listening to a lot of like Russian circles that kind of stuff so we didn't have a bass player, but we were still jamming on the side. Keen um, said that he wanted to play bass just because he wants to be in every single band in Cork. And, uh, it's a good goal. Yeah. <laughs> the record is five. Five. Minnie O'Callaghan is five. 
Had five. Had five. I'm in four steady ones. But I've like do stuff you, on the side then as well. Do you have a comedy side project? Oh, not yet. Look not up yet. Dolph Lundgren's Party Dungeon. Oh, oh I've heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how do you make the jump, even mentally, between... Obviously, you know, when you're a lot younger, Zep are a very fun band to jam away on and listen to, etc., and take influence from. The amount of terrible jams we've all had on When the Levy Breaks just for an hour. <laughs> what a tune, like. It's a tune, but like it's also like the most awkward jamming thing ever in that you're playing it for an hour. Yeah. Kind of, how do you make the jump from, you know, kind of maybe playing Led Zeppelin, possibly because, you know, when you're younger, you think that that's what people want to hear, versus kind of reconciling it with this kind of brave new world of like, all of a sudden... Like local lads, Altar of Plagues are your main influence. As much as I liked, I like playing Led Zeppelin stuff. I didn't like listening to it really. Like I, I, in, I enjoyed it, but when I, when I'd listen to like say Altar of Plagues or something, I, I'd kind of feel it more than like listening to Led Zeppelin. Like I could kind of relate to listening to it more. So I wanted that. That's the kind of stuff I wanted to be playing then. And I was really into pedals and stuff. So I, I wanted to play with them. And I wasn't into playing bass for that band. I wanted to play guitar. So. Yeah. Didn't she finally meet James Kelly there recently? We, did, yeah. oh, we, did, yeah. we saw him doing a DJ set in the roundy and he played a little pump and it was unreal. That's it what you want actually though. actually unreal. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about your first EP and the songwriting process. But right now, you've got a set of tunes for us here. Um, you've got the Magna Pina with Cowboy Disco. Uh, the Magna Pina are great, lads. Like, uh, I see him a lot in like, the practice rooms where we practice and they're just like, we've played a few gigs with them now at this stage and like, they're just the absolute best crack of a band, like. They're so weird in that this kind of like this kind of mad Mike Patton via a post punk filter crack rock. Like. <laughs> that's a very that's a very apt way of describing it. And you also have ten past seven with Johnston's Cows. Absolute banger. There's um, a lot of our new stuff is like heavily influenced by the kind of like polyrhythmic and kind of um, counterpoint stuff and counter melodies that like ten past seven do. And uh, I actually met them there like two weeks ago outside the practice rooms again. And he was like. I was a bit fangirling over it. I was about to say, that's before. hardly the first time you've met them. No, no, I've <laughs> seen him before, but I've never spoken to him. Roy O'Brien kind of hanging around the place the whole time. You've never met him. I, I've seen him before, and I remember thinking, he, looks, he kind of looks like he's in Hardy Box, like, but I didn't know he was in... <laughs> I, I didn't know he was in uh, 10 Past 7. I saw him outside the practice room, so I was like, jeez, boys, how's the farm? Like, they're great. Like, oh, I love 10 Past 7. We'll get straight into 10 Past 7 in just a moment, but first, the Magna Pina with Cowboy Disco here on Red on Red.
Ten past seven with Johnston's Cows here on Red on Red, joined here in studio by Keen and Jake from God Alone. And before we went to tunes, we were talking a little bit about how the band came together. Last year, the band released its debut EP, Intervum, which was recorded and produced solely in the ground floor space at the YMCA on Marlborough Street, which has been a fantastic space and place to go for young musicians to hone their craft in the company of people that know what they're doing. What was the experience, first of all, of writing the tunes and then bringing them to Rona McCann, who's kind of the in-house producer there, for his kind of first listen to them? I suppose the kind of... The writing of it didn't take that long, I don't think. Um, It was kind of like... um, We just kind of wrote... We just kind of wrote what we were feeling, like, to be honest. Like, we had a few riffs from kind of previous stuff that we just slapped in and said, right, let's put a dance part in this, like, and putting out a sad part in this, and we were like, ah, it's fine. But, um, yeah, no, it took about... It was kind of... We didn't really do any gigs up until the EP was released. We did one in Ground Floor back when, like, we all had really, really bad bases. We all had long hair. And um, it was only after the EP was released then that people started, like, getting on to us about doing gigs. And we were like, ah, oh, nice one, because we didn't know how class, like, the scene was and how nice people are. Ronan McCann, of course, was on to produce um, a man who's no stranger to the Cork scene himself between... Painting by Numbers, Carried by Waves, and now currently of Post Punk's Annie Joy. What was the process of sitting down and working with him on recordings, mixing, post-production, etc.? It was brilliant. He, um, When you look at like the studio room in Ground Floor, it's, it's tiny. Like It's not like very, you know, really well equipped, but he is like a genius at this kind of, at this sort of stuff, because like, when you look, when you listen to the EP, it doesn't sound like it was recorded in there. It, it sounds like really, really proper and good. Um, he's also open to, you know, experimenting with different stuff in the studio. Since he's not coming from a metal-y background, he he, you know, he plays like a lot of post-punk and electronic music. So we can, he f- helps us fuse stuff like that, and he helps with the track listing as well of what we do. And he's he was just great helping hand. And he's great helping hand with the uh, the album now as well that we're recording. So. The space itself is obviously, has obviously been of vital importance for the development of young music professionals over the course of the past number of years. Obviously, from, from the ground floor, we've had the lads from Unwinding Cables. Uh, we've had Megan Cronin, who was an important part of the CIT Music Society and is now, is now very heavily involved with spoken word in and around the city, especially doing stuff with uh, O'Vale. What was your experience like to have that place to go to find other like-minded people and have that outlet not only for your own creativity but you know to begin kind of figuring out what the musical infrastructure was it was fantastic to be honest because when we started um, kind of gigging like not even with God alone just beforehand um, it was kind of Camden Palace and Ground Floor were the two kind of art centres for young people who do all ages gigs and uh, since Camden closed down there a few years ago Ground Floor has been the only place that like Kind of has like regular all ages gigs and like the studio is fantastic in fairness because like we're all broke and it's fairly cheap like which is handy but um no it's just a great place like like we've played with a lot of our friends bands now on ground floor and um that's just fantastic space in fairness like you somehow managed to bring speculative fiction and yeah. shifting in there for a gig how did you pull that one off i don't know still <laughs> um uh, we were talking to Oh, we yeah, we gave a CD uh, to Albert of a really poorly, Albert Toomey from 
plugged at the time. And uh, the grand, the, the the angry uncle of the Cork, <laughs> <laughs> the greatest man. And uh, it was a thing we recorded in the band rooms that we didn't really know how to mix, but we DIY'd it, you know. And uh, he gave it to Wayne from Horse, and uh, I think Kieran as well. Um, and Wayne was talking to us and he just said that he'd love to do a gig with us and then they the rest of the lads were up for it as well which we were very very happy with because we had only done our own launch and nothing in between um, so we were trying to work out a date when we could do an all ages gig with them because that's what they wanted to do then they said that they were doing a gig with Shifting around September who were in Nospel Blood so then we like freaked out a lot because we do love Noseful Blood and yeah Shifting came down and played with Speculative Fiction and it was a, a very nice day we got to play Fred's that night as well for the first time first time of many just going back to what you were saying there Keen. Cork has traditionally had a very good all ages infrastructure for music access to music etc for younger people but in terms of getting onto the kind of the main music community it's been more difficult in maybe the past 10 years because venues have been more risk averse in putting on gigs suitable for all ages the insurance costs are prohibitive compared to the amount of kids that are coming through and maybe not so much that music isn't as big a part of youth culture as it would have been maybe 10 years ago obviously we're living in in not only the internet age but also the pop culture age gaming has kind of taken centre stage for a generation away from TV, film and everything else what improvements need to be made in your view regarding all ages music in Cork and how we can kind of foster a sense of belonging to the music scene and young people? Uh, just more spaces, I'd say. Because, like, I wouldn't say it's not that the scene isn't there amongst young people. Because, like, like, there's a lot of emos, like, around, you know, like, Paul Streeters, and, like, they kind of don't really have anything to do. Are they still there? Oh, they're still there. Oh, yeah. Where? Yeah. I don't, don't see them anymore. Come to Annie God Long Gigs. <laughs> you'll see the odd ages most of Paul Street. But, I don't uh, see them because they're away at God Long Gigs. That's what it is. <laughs> but, um, no, I think, like, like I think music still is very much a big part and especially kind of underground experimental music is still a big part of kind of young people especially in Cork because um, like fairness there's not much to do like so like if you're just if there's like a metal band playing like somewhere in all ages and you're like I don't really like metal but sure well something to do like supposedly it's so, surprising yeah. how 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 lasting a thing that is really yeah. how lasting a gateway drug that is for music but um, it's also a bit mad in that you know, we've been talking on and off with different people on the podcast about, you know, oh, there isn't any gots anymore, there isn't any punks, <laughs> emos and all this, because everyone's listening to everything. The terms of reference are a lot wider. Obviously, you've taken a lot of kind of dancey techno influences, if not necessarily direct um, aspects from your music. And likewise, for a bunch of black metalers, there is a kind of lot of math rock there, lots of shoegazing in there how did you figure out what way everything was going to be balanced did you sit down and kind of go this bit to this bit to this bit was there an overall vision or was it just you sitting down it's just kind of stuff that we, we listen to because again with the internet it makes it everything a lot easier to, to access like you can go from in like three seconds listening to you know, like mayhem to like death grips and it's really really close together um, so when we're writing stuff because we listen to so much music a lot of metal when I'm listening to it I'm kind of like I wish this bit went it, it was changed because I know that it's going to go from here into blast beats but if it went into something like dancey or something I'd kind of yeah, oh that's different I'm liking this a bit more so that's what we try and 
kind of put into our music. Because I find that it's not without precedent in the Irish music scene. Some very early therapy is very, very influenced by Belgian big beat, which was kind of the big techno thing. But it's also something that kind of speaks to the the generational shift in how music is consumed. When you see on a wider scale as well, you see a lot of kind of non-commercial influences, a lot of experimental influences in pop music. But that's a separate discussion. Interim comes out, and you start garnering momentum a little bit, and then Subtle Beast come calling. Subtle Beast, for those that aren't aware are a metal promotions house in the city that specialise in running gigs and have since kind of expanded into the label space, managing different stalls and standees in local record shops with effectively all Cork stuff. And Intervim was its first or second release, I think. How did that come about? And how has the kind of the repress, the kind of digipack repress done for you? Yeah, Con Doyle, I suppose, the guitarist in Suits there is just an absolute legend of fairness. Like, um, we did a gig with Suits there in December, and um, it was a bit mental for us to be doing that because I could listen to them for ages, I like, thought they were class, and like we hadn't really done much. We had, we'd done a bit, but we hadn't done anything kind of mental before then. And it was just nice to play with such a savage band, they're all lovely. But um, yeah, it was kind of after that because we originally pressed like 40 CDs for the launch, and we were like, grand sell about five of these but like we ended up selling out of all of them and then we were like what do we do now so we tried to DIY them like printing your own labels and stuff and that looks terrible like mm-hmm. but um like we showed up anyway and we'd no CDs and we were like ah you know yourself like kind of sold out of them but uh it was kind of a few weeks then later Khan got on to us and he was like oh I'm thinking about setting up kind of label for um like kind of local cork lads we were like ah savage because like we're broke like, we, <laughs> like I can't I don't have money to print CDs like and like if I did I'd spend it on pedals like, <laughs> uh, no so it was, it was just lovely and like we were, I, we were the first um, release and we pressed a hundred more and we're still kind of baiting through them selling them so it's, it's just nice to have CDs to be honest and uh, have stuff to sell and con, without Con we'd have nothing like we wouldn't have we just wouldn't have bothered printing more like. Con has done so much on the scene just in terms of uh, Subtle Beast and with Soothsayer as well and we'll talk a little bit more about a project that he's involved with um, coming up in August in Cypress Avenue. But we'll head back to some music. Uh, Kian, you've chosen Horse with Dragging. Oh, yeah. I absolutely adore Horse. I'm wearing their shirt right now. I know they can't see me, but I am. He's not lying. But, uh, <laughs> but um, no, Horse are just absolutely lovely lads. And they were the first band that got on to us about doing a gig. And just kind of very grateful for that. And uh, that are just lovely. They make savage tunes. You also have the dearly departed Elastic Sleep with Bad Machine. And uh, yeah, it's another absolute banger. Like, as I say, we're kind of, la- most members of the band be fairly into shoegaze now and can like my bloody Valentine, Pink Shining, Ultra Blast and stuff. And uh, that's just nice to hear a savage shoegaze coming out of the car. Chris Summers is a great man too. Sound will plug away into Elastic Sleep there momentarily, but first, this is Horse with Dragging here on Red on Red. <laughs> Got it. 
Elastic Sleep with Bad Machine here on Red on Red, still in studio with Kean and Jake from God Alone. Before we went to music, we were talking a little bit about how Interim did well and led to a consistent stream of gigs. But after its release as a CD, Digipack, running a gig guide, it became very apparent to me very quickly that you were on a bill almost every week from about maybe late last year to a couple of weeks ago. You were literally supporting somebody or playing a headline show, sometimes multiple gigs a week, plus your own other projects. How the hell do you manage all that? How do you manage all the gig and how do you manage the balance? And, you know, alongside other things in life, which we'll get onto in a moment, for those that don't necessarily understand the joy of performance or don't necessarily understand the rush of being on stage, where the fuck do you get the energy for it, lads? Uh, to be honest, there's just nothing better to be doing, really. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's kind of the only thing that, like, I'd get up in the morning and say, yeah, this would be a laugh. Like, like um, I could spend most of my time just listening to tunes, looking at pedals, practicing, playing gigs, and, like, like as I was doing the leaving cert there, it didn't really slow me down anything. Like uh, as I say, like it's just the only thing I actually like enjoy. So why not? Like and like but, uh, I know you, you, I, you kind of ruined the leaving cert angle there for me for <laughs> a minute. But I also like is there not in school that kind of gets your attention? Like what are you thinking of regarding college, etc. Um, aside from the school of music, which is the obvious one now. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to study music in CIT now and just kind of keep that going. But like. Oh no, it's not that I just don't try in school or anything. Yeah. It's like... Uh, but what do you... As in, like, there's a difference between, like, having a knack for something and truly being passionate about it. Um, Like, it's just the only thing I like doing, really. One of your biggest gigs so far has been supporting Swiss math metalers, coil guns, and Baylor over at Fred Zeppelin's The Big Red Room on Parliament Street. I mean, the lads are insane. There's no two ways about it. But maybe take us a little bit through sharing a stage with those lads. What did it do to your to your levels, to your game? Being around bands like that and being around bands in the city, what does that do to kind of step up your efforts and your energy? Just kind of like seeing other bands uh, perform, like like Kyle Guns, who are so intense when they're playing. It's it's kind of like, are, are we performing enough? But then when we're on stage, we just kind of do whatever. Like we have no no plan. Like we have a set, but whatever we do on stage, we just it's how we're feeling at the time, you know. Kian, you mentioned that you had done your leaving certificate, obviously, and you seem to kind of have that all in stride. Uh, Jake, you are in fifth year from my gathering. Like the leaving cert is for you next year, yeah. and like we've seen it a couple of times in different angles like you were in hot press there recently oh black metalers that are like singing <laughs> regularly and they're all still in school and they're all part of the scene how amusing is that to just kind of have older reporters go oh younger lads playing music uh, yeah it's nice I suppose like like uh, it's a bit mental we got the email off hot press and I was like you shouldn't know who we are like, but, <laughs> like fair play for listening and like uh, it was weird because they actually did listen to it they were like going through the songs it was like you don't enjoy this like <laughs> why but um, no, it was cool. And, like um, I like we're not tr- kind of trying to push the gimmick of us being young fellas, right? And like we're just—it's uh, just an easy angle that people would take, though, mm. by that same token. Yeah, yeah, I, I see it. But um, like um, yeah, we're just kind of doing what we like to be doing, really, and um, probably be doing it for a fair few years more, hopefully. Like, but you're out of the pressure cooker now with the leaving cert. Are you on any kind of warnings at home, uh, Jake? You know, keep your shit together. You know, the leaving cert is important. All that kind of pre-leaving cert pressure. 
has that started to kick in yet at parents? How how and and like the general question, obviously, is like, how do your folks feel about you gigging almost full time at this very niche, very kind of specialised music while also your state exams and all of this are on the line? Jake, what do you reckon? Um, well, my mom hasn't like she's like, oh, you have to do well in your leaving cert. Obviously, like you need to, you know, it, it's your few. But then she also like kind of she's re- she's respecting and she she likes the fact that I'm playing music and that I enjoy it. It's the thing that. I'm most passionate about if not the like one of the only things I'm passionate about um, it's what I love doing and she's very supportive of me playing like gigs and stuff because it's what makes me happy and everything and like um, like the leave insert as well I'm I'm nervous about it but I'm not very nervous about it because I'm so focused on music and like it's my focus I want to do well in music so I'm putting like most of my effort into you're doing uh, music in the leaving cert yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. How do you feel about how it's taught compared to the realities? Um, I feel like if you know an instrument going into music, it's not bad. But like I know lads in my class now, just like they don't, they don't understand the correlation between like notes on the staff and or the staff staff whatever, mm. and like an actual like instrument like a piano or a guitar or whatever. Like and um, like even the stuff there, like we studied Gerald Barry, and I thought it was class because like I listened to Anything for you and like. <laughs> Like it's a bit mad, it's a bit off the wall, but I was like, nice, this is this is just math rock like. But um like the people in my class were like, this literally just sounds like mush. And like that's fair too, because obviously like, music is just sound and whatever, like yeah. there's just like there's no kinda higher plane of tunes or whatever. But like yeah. it's uh, I enjoyed it anyway, but I can't really speak for everyone because like as I say I listen to Hayton for you. Thought the spring slash summer you played in the Mammoth Fest best battle. Uh, try saying that with a mouthful of curry um, which is a series of gigs put together by Petrophile Promotions also try saying that with a mouthful of curry um, throughout, in venues throughout Cork um, which is kind of a process of elimination type competition love to say Battle of the Bands because that's such a you know such a college format but you not only go through to the final but you're one of two finalists selected alongside Baylor who are booked independently obviously it was a hard slog to play shows Granted, although they were made like a fairly busy calendar of shows for you, regardless, did you fancy your chances in winning it? And what was your reaction when it was announced on stage that you were taking home the gold? Yeah, no, I don't think we ever thought we'd win it, to be honest, because I remember seeing the, the announcement that they were looking for bands, and I was like, ah, cool, I'd like to play this bad being Vonak. We've never played <laughs> it, and I was like, all right, nice one, free gig. Like. But um, no, I was a bit mad, because like, I didn't think people would like not get what we were doing, but even just like it. And I was like, ah, oh, cool. And um, no, it was lovely then that we got through with them. Um, or we're going to England now with Genova and our absolute savage lads. And no, we were, I was just standing there and um, it was weird because we were drawn to be the last band after Genova in the final. Yeah. And like, obviously, Genova just wrecked the gaff. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, Jesus, here we are now. We're just going to go up and be a bit sad and like, we're just going to kill vibe for everyone. Like, there was lads like jumping off the stage in our set and all. I was like, fair enough, but like, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> It's not really that, but um, no, I was, no, I was insane because like, we got called out and like I had my shirt off and like I was like, go on, boys! Like, <laughs> no, it was good. I didn't really believe it, like, but that's ah, nice. For those that weren't privy to it, the Mammoth Fest Best Band Battle Competition leads to the Mammoth Fest Festival in Brighton this October. What are your feelings about heading over to England first of all to play at all? but then also to play in one of the UK's premier showcases of extreme music. Well, the crew were lovely anyway. Stephen Dixon, he's a 
great great man and uh he kind of got what we were we were doing as well like um he said like that it wasn't about what band would suit the festival the most because we were nervous about that because you know we're not we're not like one thing we have like loads of different things that a lot of like metal heads that listen to just metal they mightn't be into like so we were a bit nervous about that still kind of are a bit nervous but we'd we'll go up and throw shapes and do whatever we want but um yeah, yeah he, he kind of got like he was like oh you well you were the band that I enjoyed the most so that's why you're you're out to get through so that was sound and what are your feelings on making the journey over what are your thoughts heading into it um, I've never been in England I don't think ever no no I was never there I don't think few of us weren't and uh, I never played a gig outside of Ireland as I've never even been up the north like but um, no it's going to be lovely now to, uh, to go over and just play a show in a different country like I'd say it'd be a mad like different kind of feel I suppose because like we've been playing shows in Cork now and like for a long time well not a long time but enough I suppose and you kind of gauge the crowd whatever but I'll have no idea what to expect going over there now but sure that'd be nice How about the Baylor boys also heading over there to oh. Bust Heads in Brighton That's kind of comforting to be honest because we know them <laughs> and they'll bring their people as well who we're, who we're also friends with so that's a bit comforting that we won't you know get hopped because of <laughs> <laughs> playing like disco at a metal festival when we come back we'll go briefly through the rest of the summer for the band but we're going to go now to some more music courtesy of the God Alone boys you got Parthalon with All We Are taken from their new split with Soothsayer uh, yeah Parthalon I can't wait for the, the split now because I've only been hearing the live stuff and the sure they released that one as well um, the EP they made Follow Me Through the Body um that has been in my car for ages and I listen to it a lot. So I'm very excited for the new one. It's one of the sleeper records of 2017. We also have another dearly departed act from the Cork scene in recent times and an act that's been kind of referred to as, you know, madly influential in their own way among a lot of Cork music professionals. We got Terriers with Vancouver. Their final single, rather. Um, I was a bit rats that um, I never got to see Terriers live. Is, uh, uh, did you not see him in the print shop? Not, never saw him. No. Boo. I, was, I was absolutely like, because I only heard about him after they broke up, and I was like, this is miserable. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Nod absolutely won the best fans to ever come out of Cork by a mile. Yeah. Like, just the way they just managed to like melt so many genres, and just absolutely savage band. And uh, all the members have gone on to do like little stuff as well, with Kean being in parcel on now, and he yeah. doing horse, and just great band. We'll get into it so in a moment, but first we have Parthalon, where all we are on Red on Red.
hearted and always in our hearts terriers with Vancouver here on Red on Red. Before we wrap up for the week, lads, as we alluded to at the beginning of the show, you got a busy, busy few weeks ahead of you. You got that one weekender with Galway, Limerick, and then Townlands Carnival. You're playing on the Sunday, July 22nd at the Rising Sun stage. For more information, check out townlandscarnival.com. Tickets still on sale now. You know, it's a mad leg of shows to be doing and that you're going to be doing Galway, you're going to be doing an all-day in Limerick and then on to the festivals. How did that come together and what are your thoughts heading into all of that? It was kind of a mad one actually because the, the first heat of the Mammoth Fest competition, Colin Bolger, the guitarist in Zora, was judging it and he came up to it after us and he was like, he gave us a hug and all and he was like, Jesus, that was class. And he was like, ah, oh, sound. And he was like, I'm doing a, we're going to be looking to do like a few dates of like a, a tour uh, this summer. And he was like, do you want to come? And we were like, oh geez, yeah, of course. And uh, no, it was just savage. Then like for the next few weeks, it was just kind of arranging like the three dates. Like, And he was like, oh, I'll get you on to Townlands. And I was like, class, thanks. Because like, we've never played a festival at all. Like I, I don't think any of us have ever, I've never even been to a festival to be honest. What? Yeah, I've never been to like, wow. a proper camping yoke. And um you're oh, in for an education that weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll be a laugh now. No, it's it's, it's going to be nice now to do. Uh, it'll probably be like the first god longy we do in shorts as well, which would be lovely. Like probably you have to. Shirts. Yeah, whip out the Hawaiian shirts. Like we're kind of fond of like wearing black to gigs, but like you know, switching it up with um, all of the weather. Well, you should do it in costume oh. in theme to uh, Townlands Carnival. But the following fortnight, then you've got Saturday, August the fourth. At Cypress Avenue, you're playing as part of Paranoid Beast's One Day Monolith Festival. The lineup announced so far is an eclectic mix of everything from local Star Wars like yourself, Soothsayer, etc., to maybe very much lesser spotted Irish metal specimens like Yurt, who are absolutely amazing prog metal if you've not had the chance to check them out yet. What are your thoughts on that date going forward and just the stuff that Paranoid Beast have been doing all along anyway? Obviously, you know, Con has done so many good things with Subtle Beast now that they've kind of merged in with Mark Morrissey who's been doing Paranoid. There's never been so many kind of great people just kind of putting their hands to the tiller really with Cork Metal and Monolith is really just kind of a reflection of that. What are your thoughts? It's great that we have another festival for metal in, in Cork now like as you know, there's the like massive Siege of Limerick obviously and we have Urban Assault here now mm-hmm. but it, it's good now that we have sort of Kind of like Siege, how there's it's biannual. You have or we'll have one in um, like February when Urban Assault happens. We have another one now, um, and this one is showcasing a lot more of the smaller bands as well, which is really good, um, I think. And then a lot of like like Suitsair and stuff who who are bigger. Um, so there's a nice contrast. And then from there, obviously, you've got Mammoth Fest. I mean, like it's, it's just ridiculous. How how do you keep uh, track of all of this plus all of your projects plus everything else? We've uh, we've a whiteboard in our practice room that I'm very OCD about keeping very neat. Yeah, it's pretty much that. Then after Monolith, we have. Um, or sorry, after Mammoth Fest, we have we're playing Siege, the twentieth installment. Uh, Siege. Yeah, that'll be clear. I've never been to Siege. I've never been in Limerick to be honest. Like. It's going to be uh, such an education this oh, next couple yeah. of months, etc. Like, the lineup for that is absolutely mental. Like, we're playing the second date of it, the free one, and it's like, there are half bands from Cork, like. Yeah. It's great, because, like... There's always been that great Cork contingent that always kind of takes... There used to be the lofty buses over to the Siege of oh, Limerick that yeah. Philip, Phil Morris used to organise, and it was always just kind of that place of pilgrimage for a lot of Cork metal bands. But, like, just Limerick is such a good city at the moment. There's so much good stuff happening there. And there's always such a good vibe to the town when you go there. 
Um, you see the vibrancy to what's going on there in their art scene in regards to the people that are kind of leading the charge. You know, people like the Rubber Bandits, people like Naive Ted, people like Steve Ryan Windings, helping oversee a generation of younger musicians underneath them, like Pow Pig, etc. It's just such a great scene. God Alone, of course, has you busy for most of the rest of the few months, but it's not your only uh, anchor attendance when it comes to your musicianship skills. Kian, you're in about three, four other bands now, and there's a couple of dif- there's been a couple of different launches and single releases for each. Maybe very quickly before we wrap up, take us through what's coming up for the rest of your bands um, and where we can find them online. Uh, I play bass in a sort of like. I'm going to say progressive, but by progressive I just mean disco and dancey bits. Kind of hardcore band called Selkies as well. And um, yeah, we have a few stuff lined up now. We're after bringing out two singles. And um, yeah, they're good lads. And on top of that, then I play guitar in a kind of kind of math rock or kind of alty, kind of like fugazi, but like an odd Titan signature. And a band then called Red Sun Alert. And um, we have an EP coming out in August, I think. And um, yeah, that'll be nice. It's nice to play guitar as well. And I'll just play anything, to be honest. Yeah. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie. Thank you very much to Keen and Jake from God Alone for coming into us this evening. Uh, thanks very much for having us. And yeah, nice one for having us. Yeah, thanks. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes and now Google Podcasts, as well as other audio on-demand platforms. Please share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artists featured online or an upcoming gig. If you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen into Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106. Kian, you're sending us off with a cut from new Cork folk artist Rowan with every time from their new EP. Yeah, Dylan Howe's just an absolute legend. I went to uh, I went to school with him, but he's like three or four years ahead of me and I remember coming in and saying, geez, this fella plays like every instrument and he's really sound. And uh, like... Me and Jake have gone to his last like two or three gigs now in Cork and just just an absolute sound man makes little tunes as well. This is Rowan with Every Time. This has been Red on Red and we'll talk to you next week.
Red on Red.